Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again, and I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with all the deets on what George Santos has lied about now, then move on to the latest trends in House committees and domestic terrorism, following that up with the next chapter in the never-ending classified documents. Let's begin, shall we? First off, I want to give a shout out to the people of France for setting an example of what absolutely to do when your government starts fucking with the retirement age. Workers have walked out en masse across the country to protest against the government's plan to raise the retirement age. Uh, the protest is against plans to increase the French retirement age from 62 to 64. Workers are expected to make greater contributions over their careers. The trade unions in France, as we've been hearing, for once are in agreement. The eight major trade union federations coming together to oppose these reforms. People here have been telling me, not even members of trade unions, that they're coming out because they feel this is a symbolic line that they have to cross, that at some point you have to say no and they have to protect the French social model they cherish so much. Well, apparently all it takes is your 45-year-old president to announce that the new retirement age that no one asked for is going to be 64 instead of 62. That caused an estimated 1 million, to be precise, somewhat, French men and women to march in the streets. Turns out that the French president, Emmanuel Macron's government, says that they are just concerned about inflation. But I think what they're really concerned about is back in 2018, they had to pay out 14% of the country's GDP to state workers' pensions. Now for 2023, the French government is crying about being 10 billion euros short of the amount needed over the next couple of years to cover the incoming retirees. So Macron's top economic assholes got crafty and thought, wouldn't it be great to raise the retirement age just by two years? That way, they wouldn't have to pay out retirement claims for a little while. Problem solved, right? Nah, nah. The problem was not solved because the proposal led people of France to say, putain non, which translates to sit on a baguette, Macron, for those of you who don't speak French. One million French men and women took to the streets, disrupting the country's commerce for all the right reasons. Now, why can't Americans be more like the French? <laughs> well, we just can't. But I'll tell you why. Every member of the U.S. House of Representatives was elected to write and vote on legislation on behalf of their constituents, the voters. But they also have the ability to affect change or keep the status quo on how the government operates by getting a seat on a House committee. These members are allowed to get up close and personal with the totality of the government, all branches, if they so choose. They can have federal employees speak to them in public hearings, request documents, conduct interviews, and then present their findings and recommendations for improvements 
which might end up becoming a law. Now, normally this wouldn't be a problem, but the 2023 House is run by the worst Kevin, and it's time for him to pony up on all those promises he made in exchange for speaker votes. That means the House is getting a American makeover, domestic terrorist edition. House Republicans are revealing key committee assignments, including who will investigate President Biden. Two of the party's far-right lawmakers, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar, were assigned to a key House committee. Now they'll be sitting on the oversight panel, which has already made moves to investigate President Biden. There's going to be a, a new subcommittee of the Judiciary Committee that's specifically going to look into what Republicans are calling the weaponization of government. Well, she has landed a, a seat on the House Homeland Security Committee, which is uh, the committee that she desired the most. Uh, this is the committee that's going to be most focused on the situation happening at the border uh, and uh, really uh, a, a great deal of oversight over the Department of Homeland Security and specifically the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, in fact. And thank you, Kevin. I can't believe Marjorie is getting to ride shotgun on not one, but two major committees giving the world's only Jewish space laser expert the ability to get her Karen on and micromanage not only the DOJ, but Homeland Security. Or maybe she was put on these committees because she isn't afraid to, I don't know, catch some hands. New details of a bathroom brawl in the middle of the speaker fight. According to the Daily Beast, Marjorie Taylor Greene, once a staunch critic of the Republican leadership, was in a near fight in the middle of the marathon vote. Green reportedly screaming at her colleague and former friend, Lauren Boebert, a McCarthy holdout in a bathroom right off the House floor. Oh, now I understand why just before the 15th vote for Speaker, House Republican Mike Rogers had to be restrained when he marched himself over to Matt Gates and Lauren Bobblehead to have what looked like a heated conversation or Perhaps just a prelude to some sweet home Alabama ass whipping, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Because at the time, it kind of looked like everything was about to go down between Rogers and Gates because of voting for McCarthy. But perhaps Rogers was just defending his clan mom's honor from Colorado's favorite Mensa member. But either way, uh, Good call for McCarthy putting large marge on oversight committees because she is under investigation by the DOJ for her role as insurrectionist tour guide Barbie just before January 6th. But McCarthy is also under investigation for his involvement. So now she can just peek into hers, McCarthy's, and any other insurrectionist ongoing DOJ investigation, and perhaps could use their congressional powers to make crucial elements of their case kind of disappear. Who knows? The possibilities are endless once the cuckoos are running the nest. And speaking of Kevin McCarthy's participation award, winning for committee assignments, of course... Guess who's got a couple of seats for voting for McCarthy all 15 times? With House Speaker Kevin McCarthy confirming that Congressman George Santos has been seated on a couple of committees. He's getting seats on the Small Business Committee and on the Science, Space and Technology Committee. Now, don't let anyone ever tell you that you can't lie your way onto the B side of the top. Surely the Small Business and 
space technology committees don't sound like much to most of us, but that's because you're not thinking like a sneaky, lying Russian asset. Let me explain. There is the lying. And there's a staggering amount of fantastical tales George Santos has told through the years, saying he caught a severe early case of COVID, even though he was on TV four days later, or claiming to be a, quote, proud American Jew whose parents fled Hitler, even though he's actually Catholic and has no Jewish ancestors, as far as we can tell from the records. Said he owned 13 different properties when he's never been a landlord. Or claiming in a resume he gave to local Republican leaders back in 2020 that he worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, he did not, and went to NYU and Baruch College, he doesn't have a college degree. He lied about his family having a home on, you know, on Nantucket and the Cape. His mother was um, a housekeeper in, in Manhattan, and it just didn't seem feasible for him supposedly to, to come from all this uh, generational wealth. But then I thought, well, maybe I was wrong, you know, after the election, um, because I'm sure the DCCC, you know, and the RNC would have, you know, investigated him and at least his opponent would have done some op research. I've yeah. never known him as George Santos. I also knew him as uh, Anthony Zabrowski. Damn, that is a lot of lies and way too many names to remember. Maybe it's just me, but the more that is uncovered about the man who calls himself Santos, the more this guy seems to be just a genuine prick. A, a cartoon lowlife who takes candy from babies or steals money from donation funds. We're all day. He had a uh, pet charity, Friends of Pets United. Uh, it was supposedly to um, help out with, you know, sick animals and things like that. He used Zabrowski for his uh, Friends of Pets United, his, um, uh, his GoFundMe. And he would say, oh, well, you know, the, the Jews will give more if you're a Jew. Yeah, so what's next? Growing a curly mustache to go with your new top hat and cape? Hell, at this point, all you need is a set of train tracks and maybe a damsel to make distressed. Or perhaps, while using the name Kitara Bravache, you could wear heels and maybe a bedazzled leotard fit for a Brazilian drag queen pageant. You know, whichever, whatever his name is, makes him feel comfortable. I don't know. But for the next part of this story... There is a trigger warning for those of you who completely understand why John Wick went all Baba Yaga on everyone in that first movie. The man called Santos, formerly known as Zabrowski, but going by Anthony DeVolder, pretended to set up a charity called Friends of Pets United. And the IRS agrees that he was pretending because they don't have any records of this charity at all. Unfortunately, that didn't stop Friends of Pets United from claiming donation money to help sick animals, like this one in particular. Rich Ostoff is a disabled Navy veteran who suffers from PTSD and bipolar disorder. Back in 2016, he was homeless, living in a tent in New Jersey. He needed help paying for cancer surgery for his beloved service dog, Sapphire. Ostoff says a veterinarian technician referred him to a pet charity run by Anthony DeVolder, a name that George Santos has gone by. That charity set up a GoFundMe for the cancer-stricken dog of the homeless wounded vet, which raised $3,000. But Ostoff says when it came time to pay for the surgery, he never got the money. That is absolutely terrible. But it doesn't stop there. 
when the GoFundMe, the man called Santos, set up when he was, of course, called DeVolder, reached $3,000. He decided to close the fundraiser and pocket the money. The day of the dog's surgery was approaching, so the vet and the veterinarian tried calling whatever his name is, but he wasn't answering his phone, and he wasn't responding to emails. So the veterinarian got whatever his name is to finally answer the phone, and of course, refusing to pay for the surgery, saying that he was going to be using the money to help other dogs, not the dog the money was specifically donated to help. Like I said, this guy is a prick. The only impressive thing about whatever his name is, is he's giving Dolt 45 some competition as the biggest liar to ever serve in federal government. And that's saying a lot because the former guy was clocked at an average of 20 lies a day during his entire reign. Now, uh, if you uh, do the math and hmm, carry the 365, okay, that is roughly about 30 thousand lies in four years that is a shit ton fuck oh my god so many lies so those lies of course we know covered everything from the size of his crowds to russia's involvement in the presidential campaign and guess what that seems to be another thing that george lying mcliface has in common with the former guy didn't come from Burisma. It didn't come from Ukraine, Russia, China. Congressman George Santos's response when asked where the more than $700,000 he loaned to his campaign came from. Newly discovered links between Santos and the cousin of a Russian oligarch sanctioned by the U.S. FEC filings show investor Andrew Intrader and his wife both donated the maximum allowed amount, a total of $11,600 to the Santos campaign. And tens of thousands of dollars more since 2022 committees linked to Santos. In Trader's cousin is Russian billionaire Viktor Vexelberg, who has been sanctioned by the U.S. government for his role in the Russian energy industry. Now, we have covered very generous friends in Russia helping George Santos out on this show before, but... Now this walking compromise waiting to happen is going to be on the Space and Technology Committee, which would allow him to view sensitive and classified materials regarding our government's capability. So I think that it is very crucial that we repeat this point, because having Russian assets in our federal government or our state governments or anywhere isn't the best way to protect national security. But since domestic terrorist enabling McCarthy is in charge, I guess we know who to thank when Russia helps out the Republican Party in 2024. And while we're on the subject of organized crime, did you know that the former Scrotus is now the proud owner of a criminal organization? The former president's company ordered to pay the maximum fine $1.6 million for violating tax law. After it was convicted on 17 counts of tax fraud. Prosecutors asked for the maximum penalty because they said former President Trump's family real estate business cultivated a pervasive culture of fraud. For well over a decade, the company helped top executives dodge taxes by compensating them partially under the table, making rent car and school tuition payments without declaring them as income. All right, you might want to be sitting down for this next one because 
Walker Taxes Evader remains unscathed. He was not personally named in this tax evasion conviction, but two of his companies were, so maybe that's a start. And how about this $1.6 million fine? Sure, the Trump organization has two weeks to pay it off, but why would the maximum penalty for running a fraud scheme for 13 years be only $1.6 million? I mean, this company alleges they have billions of dollars in assets. So why basically just slap them on the wrist? Or perhaps this maximum penalty is based on the company's actual net worth. And in that case, (laughs) that's funny as fuck. I guess Eric's dad really did lie about his net worth. Of course, Scrooge McSchmuck's lawyers called this conviction a witch hunt and politically motivated. But that's just what a blowhard would do. Because if you think the criminality ends here, oh my gosh. Unfortunately, you would be wrong. We are keeping a new eye on some new moves in that DOJ criminal investigation into January 6th, with the Washington Post now reporting on this new and wide-ranging subpoena that the Justice Department sent to Trump campaign officials. It asks some new questions related to the 6th, according to the Post, for information about stuff like what these people said about voting machines after 2020, for documents about the fundraising and planning that went into then-President Trump's rally on the 6th. Former Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani has been subpoenaed for documents related to payments he received around the 2020 election. A source tells CNN the subpoena is part of special counsel Jack Smith's sweeping criminal probe into Trump's fundraising and spending as he tried to overturn the 2020 election. And so where the January 6th committee leaves off, the DOJ is picking right back up. They've got a bold step to subpoena, which means the tangerine ball bags goons really got to get their stories straight and quick. Because Rudy Nosferatu Giuliani has been speaking to the press under the cover of talk radio. He's been spilling all the beans all over the airwaves about the time that the toilet flushing expert told him to go ahead and just take classified documents home with him. Nobody cares. Here is a dramatic reenactment of Giuliani's remarks on the show Uncovering the Truth with a maggot named Mary. Take a listen. Top secret files are very strange, he said. What concerns me, and this is because of politics, the total difference between Trump and Biden. Trump is going through a negotiation every president goes through. He took them and he put them in his home and he put them in a secure place. When I was his lawyer, I mean, there was a period of time I was there like 10 straight days. I was vetting other people when he first became president and their tax returns. This is my training on top secret. I didn't take them out of Mar-a-Lago. He told me, oh, take them home with you. I'm not going to take Wilbur Ross's tax returns home with me. I could misplace them. Oh, you gotta love the undead. This card-carrying member of the Four Seasons Landscaping Company, he just kind of admitted that the former client did the thing that we all know he did, take classified documents to his retirement home in Florida. And this Uncovering the Truth show couldn't have come at a better time because Mayor McCheese did his own interview on talk radio with Mark Levine and... It went exactly this as you would think it did. This should resign. He's got a conflict. He is a terrorist. He is a Trump hater. This is a disgraceful situation. He should resign. His wife hates Trump. 
probably mm-hmm. even beyond him and his wife and his wife has a sister who openly hates it, it, it like a level that you can't even believe. <laughs> oh, classic dumpster fire. Raging against Jack Smith, the special counsel appointed to figure out what crimes the circus peanut is guilty of. Or maybe it's just me, but that sort of sounded like Scooby-Coo was reading from a crumpled piece of toilet paper. Not to mention this psychotic Miss Cleo impression that he's got with Jack's wife's sister reading her thoughts on national talk radio, sounding about as reliable as the advice I would get for three ninety nine a minute. So from the radio interview to his Twitter knockoff website, Old Whack Donald continued his old man rant, get off my lawn, let me be president again. So, of course, here is another dramatic reenactment of Marlardo. Quoting now, remember these were just ordinary inexpensive folders with various words printed on them, but they were a cool keepsake. Perhaps the Gestapo took some of these empty folders when they raided Mar-a-Lago and counted them as a document, which they are not. It's also possible that the Trump-hating Marxist thugs in charge will plant documents while they're in possession of the material. He ends by saying, quote, I did nothing wrong, Joe did. And there you have it, folks. Materials marked classified are like souvenirs, no different than, I don't know, taking soaps and towels from a hotel that you've stayed at. Well, now that I think about it, it is like taking the soaps and towels, which are complimentary as long as you're in the hotel. But once you've checked out, you really shouldn't have them. And that is an easy metaphor that a hotel mogul like Old Yeller should understand, right? And while we're on this subject of raging against accountability, it looks like New Mexico is where another election outcome denier tried to hire some hitmen. Roll tape. The arrest of a Republican candidate in New Mexico running for the state house. He lost in a landslide, but authorities say he did not accept the loss. He said it was rigged. Well, police in New Mexico say they've arrested the man who they're calling the mastermind behind shootings targeting Democratic politicians' homes. And the suspect is a Republican who lost his race to become a state lawmaker. Police took Solomon Pena into custody yesterday, calling the shootings politically motivated. According to the criminal charges, he hired somebody to shoot at these lawmakers, these Democratic lawmakers, and was present for at least one of the shootings. No one was injured in these shootings. These shootings hit buildings, but they apparently had all been targeted at Democratic politicians during December and January. Failed Republican candidate for New Mexico's state house and full-time insurrectionist Solomon Pena is the latest maggot supervillain to be arrested for enacting political violence against his opponent. Pena, who isn't very good at math, went full Veronica Salt and declared election fraud when he had only won 26% of the vote. But, of course, that didn't stop whining and crying into a microphone in front of cameras screaming about rigged elections. Pena didn't want to go out that way, so he hired four hitmen to shoot Democrats because he was convinced that this was the right thing to do when an election has been rigged. Pena had some homemade evidence that fraud was committed during the election, but that didn't stop him from being rejected two times, which New Mexico prosecutors say was the last straw that broke Pena's poorly educated mind. 
This manifested itself into a Democratic County Commissioner's home being shot eight times, then a different Democratic Commissioner's home being shot 12 times. Another had multiple rounds hit as well. Democrat State Representative Linda Lopez received four shots at her home, with three of them going into her 11-year-old daughter's bedroom while the child was sleeping. And I can go on and on about everyone that was shot at, but I think it's time to make a point. And I'll let Democrat House Representative Jamie Raskin have the honors. This dangerous extremism that now has been embraced as part of the political system. Uh, we know that Donald Trump used dangerous extremists for his own purposes on January 6th, but they've used him as well and have been brought into the political system. And now we're ending up with people like George Santos or Lauren Boebert or Solomon Pena in New Mexico uh, as actual Republican nominees for Congress. I mean, it's an extraordinary thing. So if you have a policy of no enemies on the right, you're going to get people entering into public office and entering into political campaigns who behave in such ways. Thank you, Jamie. I couldn't have said it better myself, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to add my two cents. Unfortunately, with the Republican Party embracing extremist candidates, because apparently the voters like them, there may be no end in sight to these acts of domestic terrorism. Either they are voted into office like Mad Margarine or Lauren Boba Fett, who terrorized the country from within, or they lose and go on a shooting rampage because no one believed that their election fantasies of fraud were true. There's just no middle ground, and that's why they are extremists. And the longer we tolerate these fascists for the sake of polite society, the sooner we're going to see our country replaced with a Christian nation starring Republican Jesus. That's not a continuation of the Book of Revelations that I'm interested in watching. And while we're on the subject of how much sequels suck... Apparently, 60% of Americans say Biden's new docuseries, The Old Man and Classified Documents, is highly inappropriate. And by that, I mean this. The White House revealing more classified material was found at President Biden's Delaware home than previously known. The White House disclosing Saturday five additional pages were found in a review of the Wilmington residence. This newest batch of uh, classified materials, these new pages were discovered uh, Thursday, a day after that single document was discovered in an adjacent room to the garage in President Biden's uh, Wilmington home. Those additional documents were found in a room adjacent to the garage where a different set of classified documents were found last week. So far, we know of roughly 20 classified records that have been uncovered in two locations. You know, if I didn't know any better, I'd say that the garage at Biden's Delaware home is actually a portal to wherever classified documents are stored because they keep popping up in and around his garage. Or perhaps that's where classified documents go to die because... Just when Biden's lawyers think that they found them all, bam, new documents appear seemingly out of nowhere. And at this point, the more we find out about this nonchalant documents just kind of lying around in locked cabinets at basically three locations that we know of, perhaps it's worth noting that there might be a problem here. Or maybe this problem wasn't a problem until now. 
The president now the focus of a criminal investigation into whether he mishandled classified documents, which were found at two locations not approved for storing classified material, including inside his garage at his home in Delaware and his former private office that he used after the vice presidency. At least one of the classified documents was marked with the government's highest classification, top secret. The White House counsel's office announcing it will no longer answer questions about the controversy because of a special counsel investigation underway. We have addressed this issue multiple times at length, uh, and uh, we have been fully cooperating uh, with the Dep- Department of Justice, and now we will be doing the same with the special counsel's office out of just to be prudent here and just to make sure that uh, we are consistent. Uh, I would refer you anything that is related to this uh, to the, as it relates to the review to the Department of Justice or my colleagues at the White House counsel uh, office. So that's it. Mum's the word from the White House press office now that Attorney General Merrick Garland has dispatched Tangerine Palpatine's appointed special counsel extraordinaire, Mr. Robert Hur, to the case. Hur will use his incredibly strong legal skills to determine what the fuck is going on with the old man and the classified documents franchise. Because if you ask James Comer, Republican chairman of the House Oversight Committee, that sees that oversees rather the DOJ. He is really concerned about just one thing. Well, my concern is that a special counsel was called for, but yet hours after that, we still had the president's personal attorneys who have no security clearance still rummaging around the the president's residence looking for things. I mean, that would essentially be a crime scene, so to speak, after the appointment of a special counsel. Okay, so tell me you've watched too much Law and Order without telling me that you've watched too much Law and Order. That's the only way I can explain Comer equating what happened at Biden's home to a crime scene because this guy represents Kentucky and they've ranked 45 out of all 50 states when it comes to education. So this isn't a smart summation. Plus, the way Comer's talking about crime scene forensics I'm pretty sure that he is definitely a fan of SUV. Just an observation. So while we're on the topic of Republicans' concerns about anything in particular, I don't know, what would make Comer feel better about this entire situation? House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer sent a letter to the White House Chief of Staff. So Congressman Comer is sending this letter to White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain asking for the visitor logs to not only the Penn Biden Center to President Biden's Wilmington home, asking essentially who may have had access to these classified documents during the years that they were there. Okay, so maybe you guys have just been in politics too long because, listen... I know this is going to be hard for some of you to hear, Republicans, of course, but there aren't any visitor logs for Joe Biden's private residence, just like there aren't any visitor logs for James Comer's private residence, or I would go as far as to say any member of his oversight committee. For that matter, I'll go as far as to say no member of Congress, Republican or Democrat, has visitor logs to their private homes because that's not a thing. Am I right? The Secret Service has said they do perform background checks on people who encounter the Bidens at their homes. 
They only retain such documents for a limited time. Once Republicans talk about visitor logs, then you have to explain that a private residence, even one belonging to the president, there isn't that kind of official record keeping that you do have at a government uh, facility like the White House. At the president's personal home, there is a much less organized uh, method. It is screening for the protection of the president if there is a visitor coming to his home. Oh, so screening for the safety of the president and his family. Sure, that makes sense. But a detailed record of every visitor? I don't know. Somebody needs to explain to James Comer, the Republican chair of the Oversight Committee, that Biden's home in Delaware is not the same as the residential quarters at the White House. Does James Comer really think that every former president and vice president still pretends that they're in office just because the former open office does? I don't know. It seems like it to me because he doesn't actually seem to care about the classified documents themselves so much as he's got his panties in a bunch over the fact that Biden's home and the residential quarters at the White House haven't been raided like the retirement home of the former Dorkin chief. Roll tape. At the end of the day, my biggest concern isn't the classified documents, to be honest with you. My concern is how there's such a discrepancy in how former President Trump was treated by raiding Mar-a-Lago, by getting the security cameras, by taking pictures of documents on the on the floor, by going through Melania's closet versus Joe Biden. They're like, OK, you, you're, you're personal lawyers who don't have security clearance. You know, they can go through. They can just scan and keep looking and, and, you know, determine whatever's there. That's not equal treatment. And we're very concerned. And there's a lack of trust here, Department of Justice by House Republicans. That's the outrage. Okay, now we're starting to make sense. See, James Comer doesn't care about classified documents. He doesn't care about where they should be or where they shouldn't be, or the fact that Biden or Job of the Gut actually had classified documents. That's not what he thinks that the American people should actually be concerned about. What's really important to him is that we raid Biden's home and the White House while he's still there, because that's what was done to Old Yeller. And that should be done to everyone else going forward, perhaps. Because it seems like Comer wants to play this as if we're talking about equality which is why he's going to launch an investigation into the former guy's handling of classified documents, just like he's going to be investigating Biden. Am I right? I don't know much about that. That's not something that uh, we've requested information just to see what was going on, because I don't know what documents were at Mar-a-Lago. So, you know, that's something we're just waiting to see what comes out on that. But is it fair to say that investigation won't be a priority? That will not be a priority. Well, so much for equality, I guess. But for those of you in the back, while we're having this dick-waving contest about fair treatment and potential criminal activity, I want to remind everyone that there is already protocol when it comes to handling classified documents that some people, Biden and Trump, seem to have forgotten. Roll tape. All presidents and vice presidents have and look at classified documents all the time while they're in office. Uh, When they're out of office, though, they're not supposed to have any of them. 
The way it usually works is that the National Archives works with White House aides and any staffers for an outgoing president or vice president to identify what documents are personal in nature and what are government property and what are classified in nature. The responsibility is on any individual who has classified documents to make sure that they are properly secured and ultimately properly returned to the right authorities. No private citizen has a right to have classified documents. Okay, so just so that we're clear, we're going to keep with the Republicans' fair treatment theme. Biden is going to be under investigation by the maggotiest special counselor that Merrick Garland could find, Mr. Robert Herr, while Marilardo is going to have his own investigation with The Hague's international crime fighter, Jack Smith. Now, if that isn't equality, I don't know what is. And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. Follow our show on social media to keep up with our latest posts. And you can listen to This Week Again on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google or Samsung Podcasts, or basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So, to for now.